Hey friends, welcome to today's episode of Cornerstones Podcast. I hope you're having a great day. Today we're going to be digging into Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10. So if you have your Bible or your handy dandy uh, Bible app on your phone, I do want to invite you to um, switch over there so you can read along. And this week I want to look at a question that I believe many of us have asked in our lifetime at one point in time or another. And that question is, why am I here? This is an interesting question, and I think it's one that comes with an interesting answer. Why am I here? Why are you here, friend? If I sat down with each of you and asked what your purpose in life was, I'm sure that there would be many different answers that would be given. Many answers that might revolve around career goals or aspirations, maybe humanitarian efforts or environmental efforts. For some, it would be policy change. The list could go on and on and on. But I believe that our purpose, why we are here, why we were designed to be the individuals that we are, why we mesh so well together as a community of believers is because God had designed humanity to work together for the glorification of God. And so today we're going to look at Ephesians 2, where Paul begins to dig into some of this idea. He looks at what our past was and where we are headed to. And because of Christ, the people that we can be, the life we can live as believers. Starting in verse 1 of chapter 2, Paul says, In the past, you were spiritually dead because of your sins and the things you did against God. Yes, in, the, in your past, your lives were full of those sins. You lived the way the world lives, following the ruler of the evil powers that are above the earth. That same spirit is now working in those who refuse to obey God. In the past, all of us lived like that trying to please our sinful selves. We did all the things our bodies and minds wanted. Like everyone else in the world, we deserved to suffer God's anger just because of the way we were. Verse 4, But God is rich in mercy, and He loved us very much. We were spiritually dead because of all we had done against Him, but he gave us new life together. I love that word together, right? It's looking at community, friends. It's it's us as a church, as a body of believers. He said he gave us new life together with Christ. You have been saved by God's grace. Yes, it is because we are a part of Christ Jesus, that God raised us from death and seated us together with him in the heavenly places. God did this so that his kindness to us would belong to Christ Jesus, who clearly show for all time to come the amazing richness of his grace. Verse 8, I mean that you have been saved by grace because you believed. 
You did not save yourselves. It was a gift from God. You are not saved by the things you have done, so there's nothing to boast about. God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us a new people so that we would spend our lives doing the good things he had already planned for us to do. Now, Paul makes a very profound statement in these verses. He's saying that in Christ, our past has been replaced by our future. Our sin has been restored by his salvation. Now, there are two truths that I want to focus on today over the next few moments. Two truths that should offer us hope in Christ. The first truth is this. We are not who we used to be. Paul's intentional about um, the use of the word you in these sentences instead of we, right? He is speaking directly to the Gentiles as they are seen by the Jews. Now, the Jews saw the Gentiles as being separate from God's covenant, and they viewed them as good as dead because of their sin. The Gentiles were not God's chosen people. They had drunk the Kool-Aid that the world was handing out and were destined for an eternity completely separate from God. Historically, there had been a separation between Jew and Gentile. Jews viewed Gentiles as lesser people and did their best to stay away from them. But Jesus exposed the truth that because of sin, both people groups were guilty. He leveled the playing field. He called into accountability the universal sinfulness of humanity, saying that race or religion or creed did not exempt them from the consequences of their sinful lives. Now, Paul understood the impact sin had on all lives. You see, sin does not discriminate. It does not value one person over another. In fact, with sin, all bets are off. Sin places a target on everyone's back. And the truth is, we have all fallen into the various traps that sin sets for us. Here in verse 1, Paul says where we were spiritually dead because of those pitfalls that we had fallen into because of sin. In Romans chapter 7, Paul gets really transparent with us and confesses his own struggles with sin. In verse 15 of Romans 7, he says, I don't understand why I act the way I do. I don't do the good I want to do, and I do the evil that I hate. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like no matter how hard you tried, you still ended up giving in to the sin that seems to have a chokehold on you, making it seem impossible to move beyond where you are. In my opinion, this is one of the biggest struggles with sin, one of the biggest lies that the enemy tries to convince us of. It is losing sight of who we are 
because of sin. Rather than remembering that we are children of God, adopted into his family, it is forgetting the hope that is found in Romans 5 verse 8 that says, while we were still sinners, still giving into the temptations of sin, Christ died for us, taking the punishment for our sin and offering us freedom. And Paul reinforces this point here in Ephesians 2, saying that we might have been spiritually dead, but because of Christ, we have been woken up. We are alive and destined for success because of our relationship with Christ. In the first three verses, he intentionally says, in the past, you were spiritually dead. In the past, you were full of sin. In the past, you were only focused on yourself, focused on fulfilling your sinful desires. But, and it's a big but, friends, because of Christ and what he did on the cross, all of that is in the past. It does not have to be your present. It doesn't have to be your future. In Christ, a line has been drawn in the sand, and we have been offered freedom from those sins, freedom from a future of those sins. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We are not who we used to be. We have been brought, we have a bright future in Christ, the hope of glory, but we must choose not to live in our past, what we might feel comfortable in or what we know. Instead, friends, we have to choose to live our best lives, to live a life of freedom, which is only found through Christ. We are not who we used to be. The second thing I want to focus on here in this scripture is that we are more than we think we are. Verse 6 of Ephesians 2, Paul says, it is because... We are a part of Christ Jesus that God raised us from death and seated us together. Again, that word together, looking at community, says he seated us together with him in the heavenly places. Paul concluded Ephesians 1 by choosing, or excuse me, by focusing on the authority that had been given to Jesus. Now, Paul is saying that all believers have been granted the same authority in Christ because we have been resurrected from death with Christ. We are, we are more, or we are, excuse me, we are not, um, it's not done by our own efforts, right? It's not because of what I bring to the table that we have experienced this redemption, but it is because of the work Christ did on the cross. 
Our sin has been restored by his salvation. And through salvation, we have been invited, included in the work of Christ. Friends, we are more than we think we are because we have been invited in to serve in this ministry that Christ has begun. What he started, we are invited to continue until completion. Now, what does that mean? That might be, you might be asking that, Matt, what does that mean? It means that when we began our relationship with Jesus, we went from being zombies to zealots. Because of Christ, we are no longer walking around through life just looking for things to feed ourselves, things to take, things that that we want, simply taking those things and giving nothing back. Rather, because of Christ, we have been impassioned with a love for the Father, a love for His Son Christ, and a love for humanity. In verse Eight here in Ephesians 2, Paul says, you have been saved by grace because you believed. That's the key, friends. It is because you believed. Does that mean you don't still have questions or hesitations? No. It's a beginning of a journey that we walk with Jesus. There is power and authority in our belief in Christ. It is the same, or it is a game changer. Jesus was the pinch hitter who stepped into a losing game and knocked it out of the park. Paul says you didn't, he continues in verse 8, he says you didn't save yourselves. It was a gift from God. You are, you are not saved by the things you have done, so there's nothing to boast about. God has made us what we are, who we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us a new people so that we would spend our lives doing the good things he had already planned for us to do. We have been invited to continue the ministry of Christ. Friends, that makes you and me both ministers. We are here to reach out to those who are spiritually, who are absent from a relationship with Christ, and we are here to introduce them to Jesus, to see that life come into their eyes. And we are fighting a spiritual battle, and our mission is to see zombies become zealots for Jesus. But there are those of us who are probably struggling and finding success in this battle because we're fighting as part-time warriors, weekend warriors. And if you want to see change, if we want to see change in our communities, change within our individual circles of influence, we have to make sure that we are fully invested. There's no time for laziness in the ministry of Christ. And as men and women of God, we must be ready at all times to show the love of Jesus to those who need the lo- need this love the most. So our prayer life needs to be on point. Our time spent with God needs to take priority. Our commitment to our community, both our church and our city needs to match our commitment to Christ. 
In John 15, verse 12, John the Apostle, he relayed the heart of God when he said, This is what I command you, love each other as I have loved you. Peter, Jesus' disciple, who was just as likely to throat punch somebody as he was to just love on people for Jesus, he said in 1 Peter 4, 8, he said, most important of all, love each other deeply because love makes you willing to forgive many sins. Our relationship with humanity should be inspired by our love for the Father. The success we find in life because of the life we live with Jesus should motivate us to see others find the same success. Because we understand that our past does not dictate our future. Who we used to be does not represent who we are today. But success cannot happen from the sidelines. We must get in the game. We've got to put on the pads and the cleats and take our gifts and talents out onto the field of play. In his book, Crazy Love, Overwhelmed by a Relentless God, author Francis Chan said, Our greatest fear should not be the failure or should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Have you ever felt spiritually dead? Have you ever felt like you're succeeding at things that don't really matter? Maybe this is how you feel right now. The impact of our world and our circumstances can suck the life out of us. And maybe you're feeling drained, feeling like your situation is hopeless. Maybe you're just living life as a weekend warrior. Friends, we were not created to live life this way. We have been born into a post-resurrection world where our past is in the past. That's not who we are anymore. And our present is blessed by our creator, assuring us of an amazing tomorrow in spite of the struggles that this world will throw our way. We can live life the way we were created to, to be who we were created to be because of God's love and mercy for us. We have a new life in Christ. And because of Jesus, we now have purpose in this life. Our lives are no longer pointless. We have a trajectory. We have a goal. We have a heartbeat, a heartbeat for humanity. It's in our DNA. Now, friends, at Cornerstone, we believe that God is always speaking. The Holy Spirit is always engaging with us. And today, I want to invite you to reflect on what God is saying to you. Maybe for you to be fully invested in Christ, you have to start giving Jesus full access to your life. Maybe you need to accept the forgiveness Christ has already offered you and accept his salvation for you and begin this new life. 
Maybe you still have questions. And that's okay. Jesus is a place, a safe place to ask those questions, to begin that relationship, to continue that relationship. Why are you here? Why are we here? Friends, we are here to represent Jesus, to love on humanity and share the gift that we have all been given with those who are still spiritually dead. Let's live our life alive, revived because of Christ. Jesus, I thank you for your word and your encouragement today. God, as we spend time reflecting on what you have said to us, I pray that our response would be yes to you. Yes to what you're asking of us. Yes to these next steps that you are inviting us into today. We love you. We thank you for your word, the encouragement, the life that it gives to each of us. Lord, I pray that these words would soak into our being Today, this week, as we focus on you, as we live the life we were created to live in you, we thank you for this. We love you. God, I pray your peace and your hope over all of us who are listening to this today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, thanks again for tuning in to this week's Cornerstone Podcast. I pray that you would have a blessed day, a blessed week. We love you and we'll talk to you next time. God bless.